great to be home. Okay, I want, to, want you to open your Bible with me in Proverbs 22, verse 3. I, with Christmas coming up, I, want to, I felt the Lord put on my heart to share something, and uh, it's just a practical. It's very practical. For some of you, of course, this won't be uh, a, a hugely uh, new sort of thing, but for others, you really need to hear this. And uh, so I'm sure there'll be something in it for everyone. Um, I just want to... I just want to share a message called Christmas Wisdom. Proverbs 22, verse 3. A prudent man, I'm reading out of the Living Bible, so it's a little different. A prudent man foresees difficulties ahead and prepares for them. That's a smart man, foresees that there are difficulties ahead and prepares for them. But the simpleton or the foolish person goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. That's a good proverb, isn't it, eh? So a prudent person looks ahead in their life and understands when difficulties are coming, but a simple person, and the simple person always seems to get in trouble, so we don't want to be a simple person. I encourage you to get your concordance out and have a look in the Bible where it describes a simple person. You don't want to find yourself being one of the simple people in the Bible. You always be getting conned or into trouble of some kind. But he tells here that a simple person just doesn't even think ahead. So I want to just talk, Christmas is a great time. I love Christmases. Every year I've loved Christmas. Our family celebrated Christmas. I've always enjoyed Christmas time, but for, it's a time of great opportunity for reaching people. It's a great time also of heart and difficulty for many people. And I can absolutely guarantee before uh, the end of January, beginning of February, some of you will be having great regrets about what happened over that time. Others will have had a wonderful time. And it's all a result of your choices. So I wanted to just share ahead a few things so you can just look ahead. Now, some of the things I'm going to tell you, they're very straightforward, very practical, but this is what goes on every year. Same thing happens every year, and people end up with problems in January, February that they never needed to have. So I want to just share just a few simple things for, for, a, for many families, a time of happiness and celebration and, and having a great time and a great fun. That's what it'll be for us. For others, it'll be a time of sorrow. There'll be heaviness. There'll be struggles. It won't be like that for everyone. So I want to just talk into the church because there will be people some are really looking forward to it and some won't be looking forward to it at all and uh, if you're looking forward to it of course it's hard to understand that someone wouldn't but there's many reasons why people don't look forward to Christmas or anything like that uh, it's a very painful time for them and time perhaps for some of sorrow time for some of violence time for memories of, of sad things in their lives it's a time when many people really suffer time when people become very aware of the conflicts that are unresolved in their life and uh, counseling seems to go through the roof. Uh, the secular world, the, the, the place of the victim support is overwhelmed during that time. So Christmas time, although it's supposed to be a time of joy and celebration, for many people it's actually a time they hate. They don't look forward to it at all. So uh, before Christmas, I'll share a Christmas message. But today I want to just talk about some practical wisdom. I want to share with you about six keys of just something, simple things just to help us in this time. And I encourage you, whatever applies to you, just apply it to yourself. Okay, number one, when you think about Christmas, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Jesus in John 10 verse 10, it said, Jesus came that we might have life. Huh? And life isn't found in things. Life is found in relationships. So one of the things that help you in Christmas time is, is, uh, is to keep it all quite simple. Uh, and um, there's a number of ways in how should we, should we even celebrate Christmas? What should we do about Christmas? A lot of people have got different ideas about Christmas. And I've seen it all. I've been around long enough to have seen it all. 
And uh, uh, we've had, I was in church in Danny Verk, and well, they come out with, some people come out and they picked up this doctrine about decorating trees and bowing down to trees that somewhere in Jeremiah and, and decorating trees with decorations. And uh, they come up with the fact that, you know, Christmas was a pagan festival and the Christians just kind of brought this birth of Christ around and made it into a, some kind of celebration called it Christmas. I've heard it all. And so here's, here's a very simple thing. There's a scripture in, 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 uh, in Romans 14, and it says this. One day, one man considers a day holy, and another one considers the whole week holy. And so the Bible says just simply this. You just choose over these unimportant matters what you're going to do. These are matters of preference. If you decide to celebrate Christmas, that's a, that's a choice. It's a preference. If you decide not to celebrate Christmas, that's a preference. It's, it's nothing to do with being spiritual or non-spiritual. It's actually just a preference. One year, what we did was uh, when we didn't have any children at that stage, well, I had one baby, and uh, Joe and I fasted that Christmas. How about that? That was one of the most wonderful Christmases we'd had in our lives. We just joined with the pastor and his wife. We felt God speak to us at that time. We fasted. We had a time of prayer. We had a time of celebrating, thanking God. It's one of the most memorable Christmases I've ever had. As a young Christian, and it was just what we became aware of was just a fresh appreciation for God's goodness and love for us. So the Bible's got no doctrines about a lot of things, uh, and so a lot of things are just preference. So your way you celebrate Christmas is your personal preference, and the, you can celebrate it any way that you wish, but however, the thing to remember then is if you don't celebrate it, then don't look down on people who do, because at the end of the day, it's just a personal preference anyway. And so we just need to, it's not spiritual to not celebrate it. It's not spiritual to celebrate it. It's just actually a personal preference that we may choose to take on. And so some people really make a big thing of it. Some people make a little thing of it. Some people make nothing of it. It's a personal preference. And so Jesus came that we might have life. One of the things I really like in the Bible is God loves people to have a party. Three times in the Old Testament, they were required to save up that they could have a week celebration and party. Once was Passover, once was Pentecost, and once was Tabernacles. And so God always in the Bible called people to celebrate and to celebrate what God has done for them. And that's, of course, the core of Christmas. So whatever you do, I suggest that you do keep it uh, simple. And uh, here's the thing that you'd be focusing on. What we focus on is we just focus on family, having a great time together. There's a lot of ways family can have a great time together. There's no one way, so don't get locked in. In my family, we were locked into a tight tradition. And I could tell you exactly what would be on the table, exactly where it would be, even half of what they would say during that meal, and I hated it. It was death. It was so predictable. To come into a family where they did it completely different, it was all about family, bought life. And Jesus came to bring life. So we abandoned the traditions that we had because they did not bring life. They were, had become very religious. They were so filled with tradition uh, that they actually brought no life whatsoever. So uh, the thing to think about is it's basically about um, celebrating family or, or really just having good family experience. 
Of course, if your family's got good relationship, that's fine. If it hasn't, this is a disaster about to happen, and we'll touch on that in a moment. Uh, it's about appreciating and valuing people. Uh, perhaps at this time of the year, people who have been a blessing to you through the year, this would be a great time to thank them and appreciate them. We should not take anyone for granted. Great time to thank people. Great time to appreciate people. Great time to acknowledge people who are important in our lives. And, uh, but mostly it's a time to be grateful that God has been a good God for us. God is a good God for us. So as we come to Christmas, we're really celebrating the goodness of God, his gift, his love for us, and it's usually in a family environment, and we want to do what we can just to focus and keep the main thing the main thing, celebrating and thanking God for his goodness and enjoying family life together. Man, uh, there's heaps of ways you can do that, heaps of ways. My family was very rigid in how they did things. They just got in a pattern, and that was it. It was repeated every year, and I love some family traditions, but when it got like that and too predictable, you know, I just couldn't stand it. You know, and I like for a simple thing like we always had a hot pudding. Well, like, why would you have a hot pudding on a hot day? I came to Joy's family, and there's no hot pudding. What? No hot pudding. Uh, what? No. What? No Christmas pudding. How come? This is terrible. And they had strawberries and ice cream. I thought, well, that's actually more sensible, isn't it, really? So these things, of course, you know, you can make a major out of a minor. So just at the end of the day, keep Christmas simple. And keep it focused on the things that are really important, which is family, connection, and time to celebrate and be together and enjoy one another and to celebrate what God has done. Keep it simple, not extravagant. Not extravagant. Okay, here's the second thing. This is is linked to this one. Control the spending. Control the spending. Control the spending. Turn the person next to you and say, better listen up to this one. This is for you. How many people get to the end of January and their credit card bill comes in and boy, it's disastrous. And you're spending through till about April, May trying to get rid of the credit card bill. This is crazy nonsense. This is unwise. This is foolish. See, it's foolish to use your credit card and not anticipate there's a payday. Hey? And there'll be some people going around in a van called the good guys and they'll lend you some money and you've got no idea when you take that gift how much these presents are really going to cost you. You start to add on the 20% interest on a credit card, it won't be long before that bargain you got one day. Brother, it is going to cost you heaps. It's going to cost you heaps. So this is a mate. Proverbs 22 verse 7 says, The borrower is servant to the lender. The borrower is a slave to the one who lent them. So if you've got a credit card, it's not a credit card, it's a debt card. It's a debt card. It's a debt card. It means every time you use it, now you've gone on debt. Now you've gone on debt. Now you've gone on debt. You're going to further in debt. Oh, buy some more. Further in debt. And they, they, they gear everything up in the advertising. You can have it now. And next to the credit card with the debt is another thing like you don't have to pay until February next year. Three months, no payments. Oh, I've got to have it. Well, of course, what will happen is you'll be sucked in and then it will come around and then you will pay and you'll pay. And you'll pay and you'll pay. And you won't just pay what you could have bought with cash. You'll actually pay what you could have bought with cash, plus more, plus a fee, plus interest. You'll be amazed how much that thing you thought you got for a bargain and needed that how much you really paid for it. You yeah, man, you want to really check these things out. You don't need it so big and you don't need it so new. There's a heap of ways of getting things. And if you've got cash, brother, you've no idea the deals you can get with cash, especially through Trade Me and looking around there and various places. You can get deals with cash. 
Okay? But of course, if you haven't been saving and put some aside, you won't have cash. Therefore, keep it simple. Keep it real simple. Now, of course, there's a real problem here, uh, and there's a reason for it. One's credit cards. They're a real problem. And next year, I'm going to talk into the church on that area. Some of you have just been seduced by the spirit of the world and are in such bondage that you really need help to get out of it. It's a huge thing. It's a, just a trap, this credit card debt, which you, you've really got to deal with it. We've helped some people out of it and uh, helped people to get out of that noose that gets around them, 22% and 20% interest. Ooh, you want to work it out over a period of time what you really paid? You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. And, uh, and so credit card and all of these kind of things are a real issue, deferred payments. Now, one of the things that causes people to go through this is just one, is, and these are the kind of pressures you're going to face. So here's a pressure you'll face. You'll face emotional pressure. There's an emotional pressure often comes within the family. You've got to really do this. You've got to do that. Everyone else is doing it. Now, you've got to say no to that pressure. There's another pressure that comes. It's just the marketing pressure when you go in there and you see everyone, they're buying all these big things. There's a pressure comes. Believe me, there is a marketing pressure, and it will push on you to spend beyond your means, to spend more than you have. And you've you got to say, learn to say no. You've got to say no and defer it, see? Uh, there's also family expectation, what everyone wants or maybe what you've built or what your family came up with. Now, we, we used to buy presents for every member of the family until when you've got seven kids and you've got their spouses and then you've got grandchildren and then you've got everyone there. Dear God, we nearly lost the tree under all the presents that we had to have. <laughs> but I loved it. It was a great sight. But it just gets a bit hard. So what we do is just made a really simple thing, just put names in the hat and then just drew out and just bought a gift for one person or two people. And uh, then we had a $2 gift for one other. But everyone got something, but we just kept it really right down. And you see, one of the things that really counts is not just that you buy an expensive gift. You don't, people don't need an expensive gift. What is really counts are the words you speak. And often people will buy a big expensive gift to compensate for the fact they won't speak words and connect properly, that there's issues in the relationship. So why don't you just talk out through your family and come to a simpler Christmas so you come out the other side and you haven't got a heap of debts and you haven't got a pile of bills coming in that you can't pay and you're under stress when school opens and then you've got all the next line of bills, you know, uniforms and school fees and blah, 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 blah. Come on, just think it through. Think it through. We don't have to go through what the world does. We've got to lead the way. And that means you've got to manage your money. Manage your money. Come on, think about that. Manage your money. So keep it simple. It doesn't have to be very expensive. How many of you can remember some of the really expensive gifts? Or the, You just don't remember them. Mostly what you remember is an experience you had together, which was really good. See, the one that sticks in my mind was the one we fasted and prayed and had a time with God that day. And that was the one that sticks out the most. Now, I've enjoyed all the Christmases we've had. I can remember specific ones and a lot of fun. But, you know, I don't remember a single present I got. That's how important they were. Now, I like getting presents, but let me tell you this. That's not where it is. It's actually in the family connecting, family relationships. It's the atmosphere you build. We, we uh, uh, yeah, just, it's amazing. It's all about putting the effort into what really counts, which is building family connectedness and celebration and appreciation for God's goodness to us, being grateful, having a thankful heart. See, so there we are, control the spending. Luke sixteen eleven tells us, you know, if you can't handle little money, God can't entrust your big things. So what I suggest you do is these are practical things. Set a budget for Christmas and then stick to it. Set a budget and stick to it. This is what we're going to do. No more.
So I kind of like the $2 presents. It does actually creep up. It gets up to even 5 sometimes. But $2, everyone can buy something for $2. Write a nice card in nice words on it. You know, be surprised what you can do in making up a card. Some of the nicest cards I've got I've kept because they had really beautiful words on it and they were just had a, someone to put their heart and their effort into it. You know, you can go down and buy something, even pay someone to wrap it for you, stick a card on it, uh, to so-and-so. There's nothing in it from yourself. But it's having something from you in it is what creates the value in the gift. Come on, think about that. Limit the presence and their value. That's one way of controlling so you're out out, out of pressure. Another way is uh, just putting the creativity into it. So there's a couple of ways you can actually solve that one. But whatever it is, here's the simple key. Control the spending. Control the spending. Control it. Manage it. Manage your money. Manage it. Don't let it blow out. You know, when it comes to the end of January next year and school's opening or you're ready to start, you don't want to have this huge debt. Some of you are already in bad shape because you're already in a big debt. Now, that, that means you got, you're not in a place to go buying a lot of stuff. What you should be doing is getting out of debt. That should be number one priority. How can we ha- get out of debt? Because debt is a burden, debt's a bondage. We get out of debt. And talk some more on that. Okay, here's another one. Plan ahead. Plan ahead. Now, here's the, here's the key issue here. So the, 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 the last key issue was, you know, the pressure, financial pressure. Uh, this, this one here is family conflicts. <laughs> the key issue is family conflicts. Now, not every family is a happy family. How many know that to be true? In fact, some, some families are incredibly dysfunctional, and you don't really want to be there. I know some families, and, I try and I've told them, do not bring them all together, because when they come all together, they'll all fight. Now, that's tragic. There's someone in this church. Because there's such hostility and unresolved conflict in the family. A dreadful situation. And uh, so, so there is an issue of family conflict. Now, family conflict, now, here's a key verse in Romans 12, 18. If it be possible, as much as lies within you, live peaceably with all men. So the Bible says, if it be possible, it's not always possible to avoid conflict in family. Sometimes it's just there. And even if you're the nicest, sweetest person, this stuff's going to happen anyway. You know, it could be they're unsaved, they drink, and when they drink it gets a bit nasty, that kind of deal. Uh, or, or, you know, you get them there and they're fine for a day and then it gets out of hand. And all that kind of stuff goes on. So, but other families are wonderful. Oh, I love our family coming together. We just can't wait to get them together. and We enjoy the time with everyone together. But we're now reaping what we sowed. See? But if you didn't sow family togetherness and family time and built family meal times, you didn't turn off the television and, and build a time together, well, of course, later on you've got no togetherness and it's very, very difficult. But you can do things. And so I want to show you a couple of things you can do. Here's where the pressure comes on this family conflict. There's a number of areas they come, and I can't address them all, but I'll just throw a few out. Uh, one of the areas is actually family tradition and uh, controlling parents. Now, if you're a young couple and now you'll have two sets of parents at least, one on one side, one on the other side, all competing for Christmas. And so what you've got to be able to do is just to stand up and say, work out what you want to do and just stand by it and then do it. And if people are disappointed, well, that's okay. They're allowed to be disappointed. We're not here to keep everyone happy. 
We're here actually to live a life that honors God. So again, you've got to keep quite centered in this thing. And for many families, this will be quite an issue. Uh, you know, uh, so we've, what we've done is we've kind of worked arrangements where one year they'll be with us and the next year they'll go to be the other parent or sometimes we'll have lunch with them and then the, the evening time they'll go and be with the parent from the other family. There's, there's all kinds of different ways of doing it. But, but if you can just think this, the key thing is your time together, not whether you have it at lunchtime or tea time or how you have it. When I grew up, we had Christmas on Sunday morning, on the Christmas morning, had to go to Mass and then wait and have morning tea. I was just about dying by the time I could open the presents. And so now we have it on Christmas Eve now because it works good. The kids are up, there's lights, and it's a great time. It works out real good. My mum would have died to think we had presents on Christmas Eve. But we, we chose our own traditions. So, and, and if it suits us, we'll change it back to Christmas Day again. You, you don't have to be bound by these things. You just make choices and work out what's going to work for your family. But you've got to think about it. You've got to plan ahead. So that's the key thing, plan ahead. Different expectations about what will be done, when it will be done, and how it will be done. Negotiate your way through it and work out mostly what you want to do. Then work out how you can negotiate your way through with families. And if people don't like it, well, it's just bad luck, you know. Uh, sometimes you've just got to say no and not be worried about it. You may get a bit of silence for a bit, but that's no big problem. Uh, the other issue that comes up with family conflicts is where there's actually deep-seated conflicts in the family, and everyone's so busy in their own world, they don't ever come at home and have a holiday, and they've never been together. When they get home together, then it all breaks out. Now, it's hard to handle that one. But uh, what I suggest you do is if, if you've got family that's like that, don't stay with them. Stay somewhere else, and then you can manage your input going in and out of that family environment. We found in, in my own family environment, uh, there were certain dynamics in the relationships that caused great stress in our marriage. So we identified what it was, we prayed, we went and prepared, and then we directly took action that would stop that conflict happening for us. And uh, we just took the initiative. And so we just made plans and took initiatives. It worked great. So some of you may need to do that. For young people going home, there may be issues in your family of conflict with the father, conflict with the mother. That's why we talked to you about a month ago about dealing with these issues so you can go in there, not with an expectation, but able to contribute and participate without these emotions and things around you. See, it's, you've got to think about these. Think ahead. So sometimes there are the conflicts. Uh, if there are conflicts in the family, it's an unpleasant place. Sometimes it's better to just share Christmas with other friends. So you've got to work your way through it. No one rule covers the whole deal. And there are some families that are so dysfunctional that to even go there, there's almost inevitably a trouble. So I suggest you think through if there's conflict in the family you're going to, if you know there's conflict in some of the, the, the siblings, the peers, think it through what the cause of it is, plan your strategy, and then stick to it in agreement together. You've got to think it out. You've got to work it out. Otherwise, you get overwhelmed by some of the stuff and you think you end up quite hurt by it all. So decide what you want and negotiate the unimportant things and uh, focus on positive family experiences. You don't have to have a big meal together. You just go to the beach together. The, th the key is connecting together and enjoying family time together. So there's heaps of ways of doing that, and it doesn't have to have anything traditional about it. It can be the way you want. So try and anticipate where there are difficulties. Some, some members of the family are really difficult. So plan ahead and then work your plan. How many know what I'm talking about here on that one? Wow. Okay, you're getting real quiet on that. Okay, come on, then we'll give another one there. Here's another one. Avoid excess. Decide ahead. Avoid excess. Now, you know, everyone knows you're going to put on some weight over Christmas, and uh, you don't want to get at the end of January and really be in a stage of deep regret. 
because there were other things happen. We were over in Australia recently and uh, just over there, and the thing that astonished me was at the end when school's all out, they have these thousands and thousands of teenagers out, unaccompanied by adults, many of them, on the streets and out there on the beaches, and the, 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 the damage that's caused to lives as these kids get out of control is unbelievable. And uh, so you've got to think ahead, you've got to think ahead. Think what you're going to do. So the key, key issues here are really eating too much and drinking too much, and particularly the problem of alcohol and, uh, and the partying that goes with it. Staff parties, work parties, and then you know, parents providing alcohol. So we've got to really think this one through. There's a great scripture there in 1 Peter 4, verses 2 to 5. Have a look at that scripture, 1 Peter 4, verses 2 to 5. And uh, it's, uh, it talks to us about the fact that we, we now live to please the Lord Therefore, there's major change take place in our life. Now, I'm one for having a great time, and I love to go to parties, and I love to have fun there. I've noticed about parties, if there's alcohol, there's a certain point when the atmosphere shifts, and that's when I smile and say, hey, got to go. You just got to go. You have to go. So there's a time to leave. You've got to know the time to leave. So there's, there's a number of issues or pressures. Here's some of the pressures. And young people, I want you to be listening to this as, as, uh, for some of these. Uh, there's alcohol. Alcohol is a major pressure. People just lose all restraint. They just go crazy, go out boozing. People who wouldn't drink start to drink. People who drink little drink much. Uh, excessive eating, loss of restraint, uh, sexual sin. There'll probably be heaps of young girls that'll get through all kinds of trouble just because they got in a party, someone plied them with drink, and then they got involved sexually, and then they wake up and their life has changed forever. You do not want to be in that place, and you've got to get out. You, you prepare ahead by making a decision I won't drink. I won't drink. You just make a similar, and you make a decision if the scene gets bad, I'm out of here. Now, young people, it's going to happen. There's going to be these pressures around you. So you've got to think it through before. This is the kind of deal you need to make. You need to make a, an agreement in your own heart with God. I'm not going to go down the drink route because that will lead to sexual sin. Inevitably, it does. You don't know what they put in your drink. You don't know how much once you start down there. You don't even know what will happen. But you will wake up and your life will have changed. And it's hard to get. You can't get back again. You can't go back. So you've got to make a decision. And uh, what, what I suggest you do is that you arrange with your parents. This is the kind of thing that we need to do. Very, very simple. If you've got teenagers, you need to make sure this happens. You need to know where they are and who they're with, and you need to know how they're getting there and getting home, particularly getting home. They also have an arrangement, young people, have an arrangement with mum and dad, a no-questions-asked policy that if you ring up and say, get me out of here, they will turn up, no questions asked, and take you home. Now, that's a smart move because you get caught in things that you don't like to be in, and uh, maybe you did have a few drinks when you said you weren't going to. What you need is a quick route out. You've got to get on the phone, have a cell phone with you, say, Dad, come and get me. I need out. And, and no yelling down the phone, Dad. You just get in the car, go there, get them into the car, get them home, get them out of the scene before it gets too bad. You've just got to have it planned ahead. You've got to think about it, have it planned ahead. If young people, if, if people at the place you went, it turns out different to what you thought, and they're on to stuff, ring up and say, can you get me out of here? Just, Dad, can you get me out of here? Dad'll come, and he'll just get you. I've gone and got kids out of places. Just go and he'll get you out. And uh, then you don't have to worry about sort of saying no to everyone because Dad's there, you know. <laughs> He's going to make you come on out. So but you've got to think the thing through. This is a real problem. And unfortunately, not enough parents will make a stand. Some parents, and I hope there'll be none in this church, actually give the kids drink. 
Now, I don't know what you're thinking of when you do that. Why would you think of doing a thing like that? Start them down that route. This is a bad route all the way. And you're just actually giving them permission to go to places and do things that are going to destroy their life. And we've got to really understand this is a major issue and, 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 and have the courage to have a stand. Uh, you drink a little, your kids will probably drink a heap. Come on, just think of this thing. Think it through. Think it through. Your children are your legacy. That's what you leave for the next generation. So why not make stands that help them become great young people and, and people we're going to be proud of. Amen? Major issues. I remember one night here, one, one youth, they would remember it. Uh, there was one, we, every now and then I'll have a feel to talk to the church about this issue. And I got, we got talking to the young people one night about nightclubs. Every now and then nightclubs will come up. And so we talked to them and I warned them. I said, do not go to nightclubs. You go down that route. I tell you now, there are spirits of lust and there are people, evil people waiting to take hold of you. Well, we had one girl there. And uh, I want to identify, she's not with us now. She went there, got drunk, was raped outside the place, had to get herself home. As she walked home, she was raped by someone else on the way home. That's a 14-year-old. Oh, heartbreaking stuff. So this, this is unfortunately the culture we live in. You've got to make some clear stands, and we need to not ca- don't carry on like this stuff doesn't happen. This is the stuff we then have to counsel and fix up afterwards, and the heartache and heartbreak is just unbelievable. So we just need to think it through. Parents, you need to talk with your kids about this area. You need to know where they are, and any change in plans, they notify you. You know what the transport arrangements are, and if need be, you turn up and get them out of a, of a tough scene. So it's just do it. Young people, do that. Do it. Keep mum and dad in the know. The crowd are fickle. And when you get with that crowd, it gets out of control. They'll say we're going one place, and then suddenly they'll change and they want to go somewhere else. Check it's okay. Just do that one thing. Check it's okay. Mum and dad say it's not okay. Then it's not okay. Say, can you come and get me? Or have someone else you can ring that can come and get you. But any parent worth their salt should know that the moment the kid rings and says, can you get me? Whatever you do, you stop. You get in the car, go get your kid out of the scene. It just can happen so quick and so easy. And so we just need to be smart in this kind of thing. Okay? And uh, all right. Okay, so that is. So avoid the bad scene. Avoid it. Eh? Avoid it. Avoid excesses of any kind. And uh, if you're up in places where it starts to go off, just say simply, hey, I've had enough. We're out of here. And just get out of there. Just get out. Believe me, I've walked out of a number of places when I could feel the atmosphere going off. I'm out of here. Be nice to be with you all, but I'm out of here. And I don't have to point out, you know, you're drinking too much or you're starting to give bad jokes and that kind of deal. You just actually just say straight out, hey, it's been great to be here with everyone. Man, I'm in a great party. And they were off. We're out. You know, we're off. Got to go somewhere else. Got something else on. You know, and it's away. And I have. I got the idea. Good on you. Okay. That goes for drugs as well, young people. Okay. Here's, Here's number five. Include others. Don't you think of even trying it. You don't know, once you start that first puff, you're on a bad, bad journey. And I've got a few people in here who know, and they can tell you. <laughs> They've been down that journey and still trying to get their mind back. You know, it's a tough thing. What you don't understand is when you start off and go down that journey, here's what happens. You lose the ability to be able to think ahead for the future. And you live in the now. So you find all these young ones that get on pot, they say it doesn't do anything. What it does is it takes away their future. So I encourage you to just get smart on this one. Okay, here's another one. Include others. Here's the key issue. 
Uh, and we can all do something about this at Christmas time. Uh, we can include someone else. Uh, one of the key issues is loneliness. Uh, you'll find in our church here there'll be people to be lonely for a variety of reasons. Uh, maybe they're on their own and they're, maybe they're from out of town and they just shifted here. They're single people working and they can't get back home. They may have come from overseas and uh, they're here and suddenly at Christmas time they become aware their family's so far away. They really feel it. So that's a, a crucial issue at this time. Also you find there are people who are grieving over loss. If, if you lo- lose a loved one, say a child has an accident and dies at Christmas time, every Christmas, you know what you remember? You remember you lost a child. And so that's why people get grieving at this time, you see. And there's others, that that was when their family broke up. And there's others, that's when there was violence. Or there's others, that's when something bad happened to them. And so you find for some people, I'm loving loving Christmas. But for others, there's a heaviness starts to grow as it gets closer. And they get busy. I know some people who actually uh, volunteer to work on Christmas Day because they don't want to actually face the pain that they feel about the Christmas season. And uh, so, so what we can do in that area, just be aware of that, is uh, to include others. You know, in uh, Psalm 68, verse 6, the Bible says, you know, God sets the solitary in family. So we've always reached out to include others. We've always had heaps of people. And uh, when we didn't have very many kids, we got other people around that were on their own. Every Christmas, we still get people on their own, bring them around, draw them in, gather them in, join them in. Why not? Why not? Remember... Life is not just about your family. You're part of a bigger family called the family of God. And we can reach out and gather people in and, and really just make it a happy time for them. I remember one time we gathered all these heaps of people. We, we got the fire brigade to come down with the Santa Claus. And I don't believe in Santa Claus. You know, There's about three phases in life you go. One, you believe in Santa Claus. Then you don't believe in Santa Claus. Then you are Santa Claus. You know, there, you know that's kind of how it goes, you know. Now we can pay, get someone else to do it. <laughs> So I got, there's no deal on it, you know, but I don't tell them a lie that it's real. Don't lie to your kids about things like that. Otherwise, he can explain to them that Jesus isn't a liar. So we've just got to be smart, you know, just be smart, not be over the top, but smart on it. So just think about how you could include others. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 4, 9, to use hospitality. So this is a great time for you to open your arms and find someone you can gather in. Reach out to gather someone in. And again, you don't have to put on a great thing. One of the things you do is just ask them to bring something. So open your home to people and notice people who are without a family. Everyone in the church, if they're on their own, should have someone reach out to them and gather them up and say, hey, what are you doing for Christmas? And why don't you come and join it with us? Why don't you come for the evening or something like that? So if, uh, if you are perhaps on your own, one thing you might want to do is apostolic run a, uh, a great Christmas dinner on Christmas Day. Now, we don't run it. I keep the church free of activities on Christmas Day because I just like our church to be free of uh, busyness on that day for family. But, you know, we also give money to them to help it take place. So we actually help it take place even though we don't do it. It's a good work they do. So if you wanted to be involved there, you can be involved there. Or you could actually bring someone into your home. So why don't you think about bringing people into your home? Bring people from the church. Bring some new people. Now, here's another thing about that while I'm on it. And uh, if, if, you get in, if you get invited to someone's home, give a definitive commitment, yes or no. Yes, I'll be there. No, I won't. Uh, one, of the, one of the things I'm disturbed about is that some people actually ask folk and then they'll say no, waiting for something better to come along. Can you believe it? I mean, yeah, and then the other thing, they'll say yes and don't turn up. 
and I can think of several people. Janice every year is wonderful. She always reaches out, in spite of her difficult situations, has reached out to gather people in, but a surprising number have said yes and then, then not turned up, and she's already gone the effort, bought the things and done everything, and then that's quite an offence in the body of Christ to do a thing like that. So you let your yes be yes and no be no. Just make a strong commitment and then stick by it and then do something to make it uh, a happy occasion. We, we did one, and it was a great, I've never forgotten it, we got a whole heap of people, just dragged them in. It was a new, church was new, we'd only been going a couple of years, and we were down there at the, down there on St. Auburn Street, and what we did was we gathered some people in, because it was the beginning of it, and we got a fire brigade to come down with a Santa, and, and uh, we had a lolly scramble, I love lolly scrambles, they had one lady, and she was 80, too uptight to be able to talk to anyone virtually, until the lolly scramble came, and she was down <laughs> on the ground, grabbing for the lollies, just like everyone else, that was great. And uh, we had a great time. And then I told them, we told everyone, don't bring a present, because I want to bring a present. said, well, I want you to just come with something and act an item, a poem, something funny for the day. Well, we had one of the most hysterical Christmases I've ever had. You know, you can't believe the items people can come up with when they're, <laughs> when they're asked to. So there it is, very simple, see? And here's the last one. Just don't forget to continually celebrate God's goodness. Don't forget to continually celebrate God's goodness to us. Amen? And people often have a holiday from God. Holiday from God, another word for that is called backsliding. <laughs> the backslide. See, what happens when you take a holiday from God? The devil doesn't take a holiday, unfortunately. He's all still going 24-7. You know, and your flesh doesn't take a holiday. It just gets fed and it gets even wilder. And problems you used to have suddenly emerge again. So one of the things is try to keep some devotional life going. Just do some time, even if it's less than what you normally do, have some time that you spend with God and just use the season to express gratitude at his abundant goodness. There's no reason why, if you haven't got a family thing together, why you can't say, well, hey, listen, you know, Christmas is a time when we uh, celebrate the God intervene in the affairs of history. Whether you believe it or whether you don't, we still celebrate Christmas right through our society. It's built on Christian, Christian tradition, and we're going to say a word and thank God for his goodness to us. No reason why you can't bring it to that. Don't just draw back and become like everyone else. You've got something to give, and you know the one who's come to give us the life. So let's make him known over Christmas time. Amen? So however you celebrate it, there's some simple things to, to take notice of. And uh, we trust that in the coming year, you'll have had a great Christmas celebration. You've had a great time. You'll have, set, you'll have offset the potential problems. And then when it gets to the end of January, you won't be pulling your pockets out and there's nothing left in them. And you're looking like a poor man who can't have his next meal. You don't need to be like that. Just be a bit smarter. So what you could do is have a focal point and thank God for what he's done. We'll be doing that. I always love Christmas. It's going to be a great Christmas for us, great Christmas for our church. We've done it all up out there. And the reason we did it all up is why not have it happy? Everyone else is having it happy. Why not? But the thing that is different is we know why we're, we're rejoicing. We have someone to rejoice about. Father, we just thank you today for your abundant goodness. We thank you for your love and care for us. And we thank you, Lord, for your great and abundant gift. You are an awesome and a giving God. And we honor you. Father, I just pray for Bay City people. Let the families have a blessed Christmas. Lord, let the, uh, there be healing in the broken hearts. Let there be a time of resting and refreshing. And let it be a time, Lord, when we appreciate freshly that you love us, you believe in us, and you think continually thoughts which are about our blessing and our future. Lord, we honor you. Amen.
Praise the Lord. Well, why don't you give someone a high five? We'll just finish with a song. Why don't you stay for coffee afterwards outside there? If you're visiting, come on upstairs. We'd love to say hello to you. God bless you. Have an awesome day.